Are you recording already? Yeah, yeah, we're recording. Um, let's uh, here. Let me get the uh, jingle ready. Yeah, I was going to say we need our jingle. We we need the jingle. Here we go. Boom! How you doing, Greg? I am rocking it. How are you? I am fantastic. Having a great week yourself? Good. Week's almost over. Looking forward to the weekend. But, you know, weather's getting nicer, so I'm feeling excited. Sweet. Yeah. Is, uh, is You still got snow on the ground or anything, or is it all melted? Oh, this it's still there. It, it doesn't go away. I feel, it doesn't <laughs> feel like it goes away. Really? Still? It's almost April. Yeah, there's still little patches here and there, and then there's okay. obviously the big the big mounds from the, from the plows. Those will stay till those will stay till like end of April. Really? Know? Oh man! Oh, they have the, the 10, 15 foot foot you know yeah. plow mounds. Yeah, those are here for a while. <laughs> cool. So, cool. Yeah. Yep. What you been you up know, to? Uh, You've been working on anything good? My website. I'm holding. I'm holding. Uh, I'm holding. Sticking myself. Yeah, holding myself to my uh, promise of focusing on one thing, one thing at a time. So I'm just focusing on the new Chili Dog hosting website and the new plans and the new pricing. Sweet. Totally, totally revamped it all. It's, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm happy with it. I just got to uh, sit down and get it done. You know, you, the man that had this, you know, working on the site for over a year knows how it is, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know how it is. Definitely, dude. So when's the go live date? I don't think I'm going to make it, but I'm shooting for the end of end of March. But as it's you know the third week in March, and there's only like a week left. It, yeah, yeah. It may be the middle of April, but um, yeah, it's gonna it, it'll get done. It, it's getting there. Yeah. So. So is it a new oh, yeah. site for Chili Dog hosting and Chili Dog software? No, just hosting. I already just did hosting? the Chili Dog software. Okay. Yeah. So that's why I did did Chili Dog software last year, and now it's. Back to hosting. Okay, you know, cool. I got those. Got to give those customers some love and and uh, you know tell them about the plans and you know I don't have to. You want to leak any you. leak any cool new information out for us on the podcast or what? Is there anything anything new like any surprises? Uh, whew. well, I have product pages, so you can actually send a link to the newsletter service. So, oh, finally! Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, no. Um, I think the first the first round is is you know I'm, I'm simplifying the plan so the price structure will be pretty much the same but a lot more disk space and start offering unlimited bandwidth uh, to clients so you know if you have that burst burst of traffic you, you know you'll be covered cool so and, and then I think hopefully later this year I start working again on bundles and I want to start bundling that newsletter stuff together and all these other services together so people can have the packages and services they need in, in one spot. So that's my goal. Nice. Just a matter of executing. It's all about the execution. You know? Very good. Very good. Yeah. How about you? You got anything good going on? Anything good? Uh, you know, I've been, I've been working my butt off on like doing a bunch of video work lately. So um, I think it's been really paying off. I've, I've been, I've been enjoying it. So whenever a customer buys anything for the past eight weeks, They've gotten a personal video from me, like an interview from like, you know, 30 seconds to a minute. Um, I've sent an actual video uh, email to them. Um, so I've done every single customer for the past eight weeks. 
Um, it's been almost 700 videos that I've done in, in the past eight weeks. Um, it's been, uh, it's been fun. It's been interesting. Um, it, it is a lot of work, but, uh, the feedback that I've been getting from people has been, uh, pretty overwhelming. It's been, they've been loving it. So I'm happy with it. So what's the basic structure of this thing? Cause you know, you probably don't know every single person, right? No. So is it, you have a, you came up with a general script that you, that you sell? Like, what do you, what do you say in one of these videos? So, um, so I, I know what they, give me one, give me one, give me one, Joe, give me one. Come on. (laughs) So I, you know, I, I have the name, I see what they purchased and I just say, hi, hi, Greg, this is Joe. I want to thank you for purchasing, you know, the seam stack yesterday. I hope you're enjoying the stack, so on and so forth. And I, I personalize it. And I, if, if I did like, uh, you know, if I recently released an update with it, or, um, if I noticed that you purchased foundation three weeks ago, I'll be like, Hey, you know, I hope you're still enjoying foundation stuff like that. Right. So, um, I, I make it every video extremely personal just to that customer. Um, it's no, like, I don't have a general script. Um, obviously I try to, if, you know, if I have three people back to back that all bought, bought the same thing, I'm going to maybe say something sl- slightly similar, but it, there isn't a written script. I do. I go off the cuff on every single video. Oh, Joe, my heart's fluttering. <laughs> That's my heart. <laughs> yep. And then another thing I've been doing the past four weeks is I've gone live every Wednesday for the past four weeks. Um, and actually yesterday, uh, was kind of fun. I did a one-on-one coaching call with a customer. So Adriano from, um, England, uh, from London, he's a, uh, nutritionalist coach. And so, uh, we got on a, a YouTube live together. Um, and, uh, I critiqued his website. He had, I critiqued his business, gave him some feedback on, on what he can do to improve everything. And, uh, the feedback so far from that episode has been really great. So, um, that, that was interesting. It was the first time I've done, um, the first three weeks were just me kind of doing a tutorial or a demo basically. But, um, but yeah, the YouTube lives have been really good. I, I'm really, I'm really excited about them. That's cool. That's actually something that I just want, I want to do, but I don't think I'm going to get into it. I haven't said it. I haven't said this to you or anybody else, but you know, having like, um, office hours mm-hmm. kind of set up or um somewhere you can you know book 15 minutes of time and do or something or something like that you know a small meeting or something Mm -hmm. Um, either zoom or i guess maybe i don't know i haven't thought it through but you know as i as i said in the beginning of this i just have to focus first before i get to there but that's some i have mine um so sweet you know, doing, doing your little personalized videos sounds, sounds fun too. Just one thing at a time. Yeah. You're a little bit ahead of me. <laughs> well, that's fun. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. It's been going really good. Um, I think since the last episode or, or since our last episode, I released, um, I don't remember what I released seems, I think seems is new. And I, I released a new version of call to action, uh, completely rewrote that. So that's been fun. Uh, people have been like liking those. So, yep. And uh, my goal is to get foundation out the door. And I'm also working on an update uh, to Weaver Space, a big update to Weaver Space as well, the website. So just uh, updating some things and automating some stuff that um, we I kind of left off um, the table when we launched the site in October. So, you know, it's been five months and I haven't really done things that we didn't complete on launch, right? 
for example, people can't um, uh, submit new designs yet. So like I have a whole designs gallery, but um, I never completed the form for people to submit new designs to, you know, so the designs that have been there have been the same designs for five months, which is a little crazy, um, stupid of me. So um, yeah, all that's going to be fixed very soon. Um, and then on top of that, I'm working on the new uh, foundation version too. So uh, my goal for that's around June. I don't know. That's kind of a pie in the sky thing. I don't know if I'll make that, but we'll see. Mm. June, yeah, time time does go quick. It does. <laughs> and of course, you know, we're doing all the Stacks 4 testing too. I can't really talk about all the details yet, but we, we got Stacks 4. That's coming soon, everybody. And we're gonna get Isaiah on we're gonna get Isaiah on the podcast, right? Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, we definitely gotta get Isaiah on the podcast for the Stacks 4 launch. Totally gotta get him on. I'm <laughs> okay. sure he'll do it. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah. I think I, th- I thought I heard he said he's going to fly us to Austin and we do it live at a bar. And <laughs> that's what in, I heard. I mean, in his mansion, right? Yes, yes. In his in his mansion on the hills of yeah. Austin, <laughs> with his cowboy hat and boots. We'll go that's for you, a horseback ride. You have the cowboy hat and boots. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Isaiah in a cowboy hat. Man, that would be great. I gotta, I gotta, <laughs> dude. I gotta buy him a cowboy hat for Stacks Four launch. Oh, you got dude! You, you got to what's one of those um, Stetsons from what are the place in New York City? Yeah, like there's like a famous hat yeah, place Stet- in New York Stetson's City. Stetson's a famous cowboy hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, mm. yeah, I gotta buy him a cowboy hat. He'll probably never wear it, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He'll never, he'll <laughs> so never wear total it. Total waste of money, but you know. <laughs> and you got to make hilarious. sure his brand, it has to have branding and and insignia is all over it. Insignia is all over it. <laughs> Yeah, because Isaiah loves branding. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I have or have like the little I have like a little metal piece on it with like the uh, Stacks logo. There you go. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Sweet. So, Greg, what are we going to talk about today? We have um, we got some feedback actually from one of our shows on um, what Google never forgets. Um, yes. and it was, good so, it was good feedback. Yeah. Yeah. So Dave hitting, uh, posted on Weaver space. Um, I think it was last week and he had saw a tweet come by from, um, an ex Googler. Maybe he is a current Googler. I don't remember, but it was essentially how he basically recommended where if you have a page that no longer exists, you know, most people, what they do is they redirect to let's say their homepage or some other page, right? And it might not be exactly, you know, a replacement for content or that page actually didn't move. They they just don't want that URL to die, so they're trying to redirect you to some other page that's completely irrelevant. And Google's basically now saying and I've I I've recently uh I listened to quite a few little SEO podcasts and I've heard this a couple times now where Google's actually starting to tell people, "Hey, you know what? Enough with the 301s. Let's actually get some 404s in there for content that no longer exists, right? Uh, what do you think about that, Greg? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, typically you do the redirects to pages that are largely similar to the ones you're redirecting from. You know, it's like the user was looking for content at one place that matched what they were looking for. And, you know, instead that page moved to a different location. And, you know, you want to kind of keep that chain going. So I, I can see that and I can understand that they're making that shift because I, it was probably one of those 
uh, black hat SEOs. Exactly. Yeah, I was just I was just gonna say that it was probably one of those black hat things where people are like, for example, let's say I decommissioned a product, right? Um, like I have a I don't know. Let's pick a Twitvid. Okay, that was a sir. I had a stack for Twitvid before, right? If you remember that. Yeah. And obviously that doesn't exist anymore. But if you tried to go to that product page, um, what a lot of people would do is they would redirect you, let's say to my like main stacks page where it lists all my stacks, right? So instead of, uh, you know, like throwing you a 404 error and saying, hey, sorry, this page no longer exists. I would just redirect you to some, you know, quote unquote random page that you're like, oh, this isn't what I expected, right? So you know, Google wants you basically now to have a proper 404 page. So you should have a 404 page. Um, and then in your HD access file, you would do like, was it like error document space 404? And then the the path to the to the document, I think, right? Pretty sure that's that's like the syntax for it. In capital E, capital, yeah, capital, capital E, capital D. D. Yeah. Um, uh, and then the path being the URL path. Exactly. Yeah. The path is the URL path, not the path to the file on your server. Correct. It's the URL path. Yes. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that's the syntax. Um, yeah. Yeah. So if, if I'm wrong, just email Greg. He'll help you out. <laughs> I'll bounce, that to, I'll bounce it to Joe. <laughs> so yeah, uh, you know, that's, that's the good way because th- so the user then gets a feedback that, hey, this, you know, URL doesn't exist anymore, but then you, they have some context and your hopefully your, your 404 page will actually tell them, you know, something nice and maybe suggest new content to them or something like that, right? Um, and then obviously if Google tries to index that page that is no longer there, they get the 404 HTTP header and they get informed of, hey, this page actually doesn't exist anymore. And then eventually they can remove that from their search engine results. So. Right. Right. Yes. Cool. Good. Thanks for the feedback. Yep. Thanks for the feedback. If you guys have any other feedback, um, you know, hopefully you guys enjoyed those Google page speed uh, shows. Uh, Those were really great. I thought they were great. Um, and, uh, so actually, Greg, I want to brainstorm with you for, uh, with, with a minute for a minute, um, about something I'm going to be working on. You have my, you have both ears. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think we met, I mentioned, we did a show on publishing, uh, sometime last year. And I talked about how I was using Git to, um, publish my website and we didn't really go into details on that. And I know people were intrigued and wanted to hear more. And, uh, so I, I'm. I want to rethink how I'm doing it. And I thought we'd just kind of brainstorm and kind of talk about how I publish my websites with Git with RapidWeaver. And uh, maybe if, you know, some advanced customers wanted to uh, test the waters, they could too. Okay. Sounds good. So first off, Greg, why don't you explain what is Git? Ooh, geez, Joe, let's give, let's give Greg the top question. Jeez. Git is what's called a version control system. So let's take those words apart. Version, so you have multiple versions of a, of a file. Git only tracks files, so we have multiple versions of a file, and it's controlled. So controlled means you can always revert back to a previous version. So you have that kind of safety and assurance that your changes you make won't uh, break, or if they do break, you can always go back in time to a different version. It's like a developer version of Time Machine. I think that's a nice way to visualize it. Yes. 
Yes. And also, so Git is also very text-based, right? Um, so yes. it's, you know, you can easily see what's changed in a file and whatnot. Um, there was actually um, kind of what, what also sparked me to think about talking about this is on the Rapweaver forums, on the Real Mac forums, there was a conversation about using version control for Rapweaver projects and um, how that's kind of not recommended. And I'll talk about, I, I do version control. I do use Git for my Rapweaver projects and I could talk about how I do that um, and, and what you can and can't do. Um, do you do, do you do that at all? Do you store Rapweaver projects in Git? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the only thing I the only thing I don't do is make sure you don't edit it from two locations or two people at the same time. So you're yes. always editing one computer at one location and you know, don't modify you know, don't mod modify it or yeah. do anything like that from and anywhere else. If if there's any advanced users listening that are aware of Git, you know, and there some people were asking on that forum thread of Oh, can I merge changes if I if I change a project on one machine and change it on another machine and then I can I merge those changes? No, you cannot. <laughs> do, do not do that. Absolutely, it will not. break Absolutely. your project. Yes, um, yes. The other thing I think the other thing I do typically is I make them I make those project files treated as binary. Yes. Well, yeah. uh, oh, can, can you do that and get so it just it just looks like a binary. The entire folder is a yeah. binary file. Yeah, you should. You could treat. You could do anything. Uh, really? I uh, see. That's news to me. That's interesting. Um, so the way I do it is, if I make changes to a Rapweaver project, um, so I use a I use a Git app called Tower. There are tons of pretty decent Mac Git apps out there. Tower is probably the most expensive one, um, but I think it is by far the best. Um, but there are others. Um, I know uh, when Rob used to work for me, he used um, I think it was Git Up. Um, and uh, that, oh, that, that was really well for him. That was an awesome app. And then the guy just stopped. Yeah, it. it still works, though. Um, yeah, it was a great app. I that I used it for a long time before I moved to Tower. Yeah, GitUp was really good. Um, and th there's there's a bunch of others out there. But um, yeah, that's uh, that's actually a, a, a pretty good one. Um, and basically what I do is if I when you make changes to a Rapidweaver project, um, it is basically inside your Git app, whatever you use, you'll see a list of tons of changes. Like you'll see all these plist files changes. If you added images, you'll see images in there. If you deleted images, they'll be they'll show that those files were deleted. Um, essentially what you need to do is um, you can't like disregard any of those changes. You just gotta like blanket commit all that stuff and just save it, right? Um, so basically once you make changes and once you, you wanna kind of mark that version of the project file as you know, saved and you want to kind of, if you ever want to revert back to that version, what I do is I, I close the project file. So I make sure it's still not open. Um, and then I, I commit all of those changes and you can type in a commit message so you can get a little bit information about what this version, what of this project file was so that if you ever look in your history in the future, um, you can know. And if you ever want to go back to a particular version of a project file, you can do that by just reading your commit messages. Is that kind of how you do it, Greg? Yeah, I mean that's yep, pretty basic. How right? control that, that's basically yeah. Git in a nutshell. Um, yep. You know, you see all your changes, you commit them, but yeah, do not. You have to make sure, like, if you're using this on multiple machines, um, make sure that you pull down all your changes because um, basically the way Git works, I guess I, I kind of maybe went a little far. Um, so you have version control on your Mac, right? Um, Git's already installed in your in your system because. Uh, OS 10 and runs on top of Linux or gets already there. Right. 
Um, but you're going to need to have something to, well, you don't have to, but I re- it's recommended that you have some sort of server that you push these changes to so that you, this also serves as a backup, right? Kind of an online backup. Um, so you have not only all your stuff backed up, but all the version history is backed up too. There are many different places you could do that. There's um, GitHub is a popular one um, that was recently acquired by Microsoft. Um, because of, because Microsoft acquired them, a lot of people started moving over to GitLab, um, which actually I'm going to be creating um, my new uh, Git repo over there just to kind of test the waters. And I have to say, um, I don't know if you've used the issue tracker in GitLab, Greg, but it's pretty red hot. Um, I like it. It's pretty, really? pretty shit hot. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah Isaiah is using it to track the bugs for Stacks 4. And uh, the boards view, it has like this Trello-esque boards view of your issues. Um, they have multiple views. They have like the run of the mill like GitHub does. But they have this boards view that you can kind of organize your issues in different boards. It's freaking nice. I like it a lot. You can, do, you can do that in GitHub. You can do boards in GitHub? What? Yeah. No, you can't. You're yes, lying. You I am oh, not. man. Yeah, I it's hard to for years sorry sorry to steal your thunder oh they have, they have a projects thing you have to use the projects they call it projects really yeah i'm logging in right now yeah nice right, so i'll go to issues projects um yeah so they have issues and they have uh, different get organized you go to the settings and then options and then there's issues have templates um, and then you have projects and stuff it's, like that. It's not the same. Uh, I, I filter right for, I don't have a project. I don't know. I guess I didn't set up a project. Okay. Well, yeah. I can look at that, but hmm, interesting. I, I was completely unaware of that. I'll have to look into it. But still, I, I think I'm going to test out GitLab just to try it out. Um, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, what's actually kind of interesting is they have the ability to uh, you can open up your issues so you can have your, your code, your repository private. So you, not all your codes out in the public, but then you can open up your issue tracker for registered losers. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of interesting. Um, not yeah, I really decided if I want to do that, but it is interesting. Yeah. Bitbucket did that or does that. Yep, yeah. Bitbucket does that. Um, Git, GitHub hasn't been doing it. I, and to be honest, the only reason I really moved over to GitHub originally I was on Bitbucket was because I wanted to use B app. There's a there's a Mac app for um, issue tracking and uh, it supports GitHub. And I wanted to use B really bad. So I moved mm-hmm. all my private repos to GitHub purely to use B. Um, and then the B developer like six months ago moved to Apple and he, he just like forgot the app and it's it has some bugs and no one's taking it over and yeah, it's getting annoying. So yeah. Oh, and he made a subscription too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he made a subscription and then like two months later, he moved to Apple and, you know, didn't even get version 3.0 like fully bug free. It was, yeah. I, I was like, what? Seriously? You release version three, you char- start charging a subscription and then you bail. Oh, well. Uh, that's rough. Yeah, I, I've kind of supplied, I've played like every, you know, six weeks or so, I'll tweet him, hey, anyone, you know, you got anyone else to take over this, uh, re- this app and, Basically, I get one word. Nope. Like, okay. Is, yeah. is he trying to? Uh, uh, he said he was going to, but that was, you know, I don't know, four or five months ago. So, 
Yeah. That's been enough time for him to do it. So I, I think I'm going to jump ship. I'm going to stop using the app probably pretty soon, which is sad. Yeah. Um, so anyway, getting back to, okay, sorry, I kind of got off on a tangent there. So you have Git and you can manage versions on your, on your Mac. You push those changes up to a server, whether that be Bitbucket, GitHub, or GitLab. Those are probably the big three right now. There's probably more. I recommend one of those three. And then basically what you can do is from your other Macs, you can pull those changes down. So basically you're pushing and pulling um, that that's the actual terms inside Git is a push and a pull. So you push to the server and you pull the changes down. Um, so yeah, so you would, if you're on multiple Macs, making sure before you do any changes, you pull those changes down. It's basically, think of it kind of like Dropbox, but it's all manual, right? It's not automatic at all. You have to manually pull and push. Um, and if you don't, with Weaver projects, merging those changes is going to be virtually impossible. So um, be very careful about that and conscious about that, right? Yes. Okay. So that's kind of version control with Weaver projects. Now I'm going to talk about how I then um, use that to deploy my websites. So what I do is instead of publishing to my web server via FTP or SFTP or what, you know, pick your TP, um, you can, what I do is I... Ex- <laughs> 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 I take, take my TP every day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so basically what I do is I export my project locally to a folder and that folder is inside my Git repository. Um, and what's cool about that is then Git at that point can see everything that's changed um, since all the HTML and JavaScript and PHP and all that jazz is um, text-based. So um, what's cool is I once I'm done and I export I commit all those changes, push it up to um, currently my website stuff is on Bitbucket. And then on Bitbucket, what I do is I have something called a, um, a Git hook. And what happens is uh, when that Git hook happens, um, it says basically says whenever I push something up to that repository, it will run and ping a URL. Okay. And basically on my web server, um, I have a PHP script that um, when um, that basically when it's called via a URL, what it does is it runs um, some system. It actually, what it does is it actually creates a file on my um, system. So it just creates like a text file. So it uses PHP and just creates a file in a folder. Um, And then I have a cron job on my system and the cron job runs every five minutes and it's a shell script. And what that shell script does is if, if it looks, it keeps looking for that file every five minutes. And when it sees that file, what it does is it goes into my Git repository and it does a pull on my web server from Bitbucket down. So um, so just to recap, I push from my Mac, it goes up to Bitbucket. Bitbucket pings my server via a Git hook, which is a URL. It's a simple, like probably a three, four line PHP script that all it does is whenever whenever something pings it, it creates a text file um, on my, an empty. It's not even, it doesn't even have content. It's just an empty file. Then I have a cron job on my web server that runs every five minutes. And if that file exists, it then goes into my Git repo, in, inside the Git repository on my web server and does a pull from Bit from Bitbucket. So it pulls the latest version of my website down uh, from Bitbucket and installs it onto my web server. And then obviously deletes that file uh, that that the Git hook created. 
And that's basically how I work, right? That's, that's it. Um, and, uh, how's that workflow sound to you, Greg? Sounds reasonable. Yeah. So it's been working really well for me for many, many years. And I, I want to change things up a little bit. Um, so right now, Weaver Space, um, the new website, it's not published by Git. It's actually done by FTP. And it's driving me nuts because I loved my Git little Git setup because it's so seamless and uh, kind of geeky. And I just like it. Um, having the FTP stuff up is just annoying. Um, I found I, I didn't realize how much I would dislike that, actually, now that I've had to do it again. <laughs> and um, so what I want to do is. The tricky part is Weaver Space is ran by Total CMS. And Total CMS actually manages data um, on the server, right? So it's creating files on the server. So what I, what I think I'm going to be I'm going to do is I'm going to tell Git to ignore the CMS data folder so that um, the CMS can create, you know, uh, can still update that CMS data folder. Um, but then whenever I need to change my website and pull up new content, basically, um, I'm going to have the same exact setup, but um, that CMS data folder will just be in this special file called git ignore, which will tell git, hey, just ignore this entire directory and everything inside of it. So my total CMS data won't be version controlled, um, but I think that's okay. I, I don't I don't think I'm, I plan on adding version control into total CMS, at least not in the near future, because that's a quite huge undertaking, I think, um, especially with crazy things like images and all that jazz, because there's going to be a ton of images. So, yeah, I don't think that's something that's a viable solution now. And then I want to take it to another level, which I thought would be cool is I want to create I'm going to create a development version of Weaver space. And that will be, let's say, dev.weavers.space. And what that will be is it will be a development branch of, of my website. So I can kind of do some tests and changes, publish that to a development branch, um, and then pull that down to a, you know, a different web server, which is dev.weavers.space. And once I'm happy with all those changes that I've done, then I can commit it to the master branch, with which would then publish to the main website. So, so far, so good. Yeah. What question? What did you have? Do you have a question somewhere in there? No, it, it was more just uh, I thought it'd be fun to kind of talk about. And uh, obviously, it sounds common sense to you. So I like it. I guess I'm on the mm -hmm. right track. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, any I tips? You, so I, you know, the average, or let's say the average power user now is intrigued. What What did I skip over, or what What other tips could you give them if they wanted to start? to um, potentially test or, and play around with uh, something like this? Uh, the first workflow sounded okay. Um, I know I know from experience from running Chile.Hosting, users do have SSH access to their accounts mm -hmm. and, they, and Git is available. Now, the caveats of why you write a file to the to your hosting and then you have a cron shell script that checks that and does the checkouts and does that pull. So that kind of workflow is typically and for very good reason you don't you can't call shell scripts directly from PHP. Yeah. Yeah. It's a so, risk. yeah. Yeah. So that's why 
Joe does that, and that would actually work just fine on Chili Dog for those people who are, you know, maybe the two people who are listening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's. I mean, what Joe describes is a good amount of work. It's not something you're going to find out of the box. So, you know, yeah. inspect and in, in, uh, expect to, you know, learn cron, what cron jobs are, what shell scripts are, how to write a, write a shell script that checks up a file, you know, how to, you know, execute a shell script from a cron job and how to write a shell script that checks if this file exists and runs Git and how to deal with file paths and binary paths when you're running in a cron job because a cron job is different than a shell script. Yes. Right. Yes. Joe knows. Um, so how I would get started though is I would just practice with Git. I would, I would export my site locally. I would use Git either a GUI or a command line and I would publish directly to my hosting space or website using Git directly. I wouldn't use a third-party service. I wouldn't use GitHub or GitLab or whatever to do the auto-deployment. Auto so I would just get familiar with Git and publish directly to the site. Okay. So you That's create a Git start. server on your web server to push up to? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, like, I mean, Chili Dog, you know, Chili Dog has... You don't have Git server, just the Git binary, right? It's just over SSH. True. So, um, yeah, I would just push and pull to your website and get familiar with that. Or if you don't want to do it with your website, do it with a subdomain. If you want to do it, don't, don't want to do it with your subdomain, then, you know, use GitHub or something like that and just push and pull to a private repo and learn how Git works. Mm -hmm. go Start small, push. basically. Yeah. Yes. Good advice. Yes. Yep. Yeah, that's what I would do. <laughs> Sweet. Well, get, I I, th I think we've geeked out sufficiently. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I think my only other comment is a is a dorky comment anyway. Uh, yes. You know. Get get your pocket protectors. Um, if you're if that's step one, right? Okay, get your you pocket ready? protector. You just just like okay. the one Greg has right now. I could see it. Yeah, you can see it coming. You can you can feel it coming. All right. It's, uh, <laughs> It's, you know, I used to write C and this the thing was, you know, C has, gives you enough freedom to hang yourself. Yeah. You know, get, 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 gives you enough freedom to hang yourself. So, you know, you have full control of the screw up your entire project file. Yes. Just gonna, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, Greg, let's wrap this up. Where can everybody find you? Awesome. Chili Dog Software and Chili Dog Hosting .com and at Barshard on Twitter. Sweet. I am at Joe Workman everywhere. You can also uh, make sure if you if you want any feedback on the show or if you have any questions or comments, you can email us up, email us at feedback at weaverradio.com. Obviously, you could check out all of our show archives on weaverradio.com um, or you know hit us up on iTunes and leave us a review. That would always be great. I haven't even checked recently if we got any reviews. We should do that. Um, sure. And uh, yeah, sweet. Take care, Greg. And uh, we'll yeah. talk to everybody next week. Cheers. Cheers. Boom.